In this era of AI, humanizing work, the future of work, the impact on our workforce, and even on HR is crucial. And we're speaking with Emily He, who is the Senior Vice President for Human Capital Management at Oracle. It's such an important topic. Emily, tell us first about your role at Oracle. I've been at Oracle for two years. I'm responsible for the go to, uh, global go-to-market strategy and marketing of our human capital management cloud solution. And I feel incredibly fortunate to have this role because I sit at the intersection of technology, work, and humanity. And all three are converging and changing rapidly. When we talk about the idea of humanizing work, first off, what is it that we're discussing? From my perspective, humanity at work or um, humanizing work is all about allowing people to be the best they can be and be the most productive self they can be at work. And it's about bringing their whole self to work and um, making employees feel that they can connect to the meaning and purpose of their company, as well as using the tools they are familiar with so that they can be productive. I think society, socially, there is a bigger trend going on, which is there used to be this separation between work and life. And that's why people talk a lot about work-life balance instead of work-life integration. But uh, with the millennials and Gen Z entering the workforce, they're demanding a very different mindset at work. They want to bring their whole self to work. They want a sense of meaning and purpose at work. They want to be better connected with the company's value. And they want to understand the social impact of the company in the society as a, <laughs> at large. And the other thing is they really want to use the tool they're familiar with because technology is now a very integral part of their daily lives. And they're looking to use the same tool uh, that they're already using in their day-to-day -day lives, whether it's uh, social technology or mobile technology or artificial intelligence. But workforces have been evolving probably since the beginning of time. And why, a, why does AI make such a big difference? To your point, this idea of humanizing work has existed for a very long time, starting with the agricultural economy and industrial revolution. And um, I think it's taking on a different meaning. Back in the industrial revolution uh, world or era, um, when we talk about humanizing work, is really about humanizing the condition at work. People don't want to do repetitive work. They don't want to deal with noise in the factory. Um, they want to work fewer hours. So that's the kind of stuff we're talking about back then. And now that a lot of people are working in better conditions, they're working in front of computers, they're working in much better uh, settings, there's this illusion that humanizing work is no longer a topic. Whereas I believe behind the computer screen, the same type of repetition and drudgery is happening because even though people are working in the office, they're engaging with their computer, they're using software to do work, the way they're using computer, the type of work they're doing is still pretty repetitive in many cases and quite stressful. Because um, in the enterprise software uh, world, if you really think about enterprise software, it's really a way to codify your business processes using software and then scaling that business processes across the entire company. And the way you use enterprise software is you 
pre-prescribed business processes, you codify the business processes, then every time you execute a business process, you have to um, do data entry, and then the business process will be executed and it outcome will come out. Now you have to do that repeatedly. So in many ways, it's the same manual labor, <laughs> it's the same kind of repetition. And I don't believe people naturally want to do that. So um, the great thing about today is uh, the way we're engaging with technology is starting to change very rapidly. And you already see that in our day-to-day -day lives. Uh, people are already using Siri, Alexa, they're using Google Assistant to engage with um, software or technology in their day-to-day -day lives. They're using things like Google Map to guide them through their daily experience. And people want to have the same experience at work. Um, and we are starting to see our customers engaging with the software in a very conversational way, using voice, using text. And they're also expecting a different type of um, help from their software. They want nudges, they want recommendations, they want insights mm -hmm. the computers can recommend. So um, we're starting to really see AI taking shape in enterprise software and it's starting to make work more human in the sense that it's behaving like humans and also is freeing up time for people to do more creative, strategic and um, that type of work. Is the dehumanization purely a function of automating tasks? That's the first step. Um, and that has been going on for a while. We're taking it to the next level. So um, a lot of companies talk about digital transformation, right? And digital transformation is really digitizing business processes that used to be paper-based. Um, but the way we're digitizing these business processes are still very form-based. And I think there are better ways to take the automation to the next level, meaning that you don't have to execute these business processes, whether it's approving your expense reports or um, promoting somebody. You don't have to go through these business processes every single time manually. You can um, engage with the software in a conversational way. Um, and by doing so, the business processes can be happening in the background and you only have to have a conversation with the software either through text or through your voice and you don't have to touch the computer to actually do the work. So that's another level of automation we're seeing more and more in the workplace. But um, we that's not the only thing we're talking about. We're also talking about um, software or technology synthesizing different sources of data and coming up with recommendations. So uh, one thing I really love about my phone is every morning, it tells me when I should leave for work because it's synthesizing my calendar data with the traffic data. And it's saying, hey, if you have a meeting in Redwood Shores, which is my office, and I live in San Francisco, you need to leave now because the traffic is really bad. Now that's really helpful. And um, people are expecting more of these nudges or recommendations from their work technology as well, either in the area of career development or learning or recruiting. So it's not just a matter of automation being a, or technology being a problem, because you just gave examples of automation, such as conversational user interfaces that make life easier, but it's how we design the jobs and the interface with the processes that, that people engage in, which leads us to the next important question, which is, 
how should we be thinking about work and job design in this era of AI data and intense automation? To your point, there's going to be a huge amount of job redesign. And um, a lot of the work that's currently repetitive uh, will be automated through technology. And um, I also think the redesign will be happening through the HR function, through leadership, as well as through the employees themselves. One of the things that I found really interesting is um, the piece of research that was done by Deloitte. They publish this HCM trend report every year. And in their recent report for 2019, they talked about this idea of super jobs. And the idea of super jobs is uh, employees are going to be integrating technology into their jobs and constantly think about how you use technology to automate the things you already know how to do so you can scale those business processes. In the meantime, also think of new services you can offer. So for example, in the HR function, if you're in charge of HR help desk, um, you can use technology to automate a lot of the HR services through having a chatbot or digital assistant to answer some of the basic questions uh, from employees, whether it's how to access their paycheck or how to get their expense reports uh, approved or how to find um, navigate through the employee directory. And once you get these basic services automated, you can think of new questions um, that you want to answer for the employees and automate those or new additional services you can offer to the employees. So I believe technology will be a integral part of almost everyone's job. And um, that's one type of job redesign, how to use technology to automate the tasks that you already know how to do, and then think about creative ways of the new services you can bring to your job. The other thing is, um, I think there's going to be a lot more focus on creative jobs, on um, jobs that require empathy. For example, with the uh, digital technology, now there's a great sense of isolation of, and loneliness. People are spending way too much time on technology. They're not spending enough time connecting with each other. And with the aging uh, population, this is creating a sense of isolation and loneliness. So I foresee jobs like um, nurses in nursing homes and people who are spending quality time with older people to be much more valued. And there will be a increase of those type of jobs. So um, there are many angles by which we're going to redesign jobs, and there will just be a lot of changes as a result of machine learning and AI. How do we minimize disruption, worker disruptions, and displacements as we're going through this evolution, which certainly is going to be happening? It's happening already. This is a very serious topic, uh, right? Because people's dignity is associated with their jobs and uh, their paycheck. So we can't take this lightly and just say, hey, your job is being automated and it's up to you to new, to acquire new skill sets and uh, apply for new jobs or embrace new jobs. Uh, we as a society really need to think through the transition and how to handle this transition in the most humane, humane way possible. And I think it's up to um, each company to think through when they go through this type of transition, how they help the workers 
whose jobs will be uh, replaced by machine, by AI, and how they can train them to adopt new skill sets so they can move to new job functions. It also has to do with our educational institution, because I think the future is all about continuous learning. Your learning doesn't stop with graduation from college. Uh, for your lifetime, if you're going to have anywhere between 15 to 20 jobs, you're constantly learning and acquire new skill sets. So how do we architect the educational system so people can get trained continuously? Is that the responsibility of corporations or is that the responsibility of uh, educational institutions or is that the responsibility of individuals? It's probably all of the above, but as a society, we need to think through how we handle this type of transition. And clearly every organization is going to be thinking about that balance and where does their responsibility lie versus handing responsibility to society as a whole or our educational system. Companies are thinking about that and they can't afford not to think about that because uh, employees now come and go, right? The, if you talk to the millennials and Gen Z, they're very comfortable with having multiple jobs at the same time or um, stay in a company for two years and move on to their next tour, tour of duty. Uh, so companies to make employees productive, to prepare employees for the next job assignment, they have to put the training infrastructure in place so employees can acquire new skill sets easily. They also need to help employees proactively think about their assignment, maybe within the company, because otherwise they'll be seeking these assignments outside the company. So a company's ability to retain uh, employees has a lot to do with their proactiveness in training and educating these employees. Emily, clearly this topic is broader than HR, but also has a profound impact on HR. And so how should HR and human capital management folks be thinking about all of these changes? You're totally right uh, in that HR is not the only function that's being impacted by, by this uh these technological changes, whether it's AI or machine learning, everybody is being impacted, whether it's employees, managers, leaders. So it's everybody's responsibility to um, think through how technology will impact their business model, their employee experience, and how they can use technology to deliver a better employee experience and therefore retain their employees and um, hire the right employees. But I think HR is sitting in this very interesting intersection uh, across technology, uh, humanity, and work, all of which are being redefined. So they can play a leading role in driving that conversation in the company. In many cases, I, I think HR can take an inside-out approach. Um, in the past, it used to be the customer-facing functions are the, the early adopters of technology. So they would push um, technology down or inside the organization. And then HR is usually sort of the, the last to adopt new technology. In this case, because we're witnessing a bigger trend of employees wanting to um, convert their work and life, and they want to bring their whole self to work, and they're demanding a different type of employee experience, therefore they're demanding a different type of technology. I think HR can lead this change by proactively experimenting with emerging tech, whether it's AI, machine learning, or conversational user interface, and use that to drive some of the other functions and really have the company be sort of a, the first one to experiment with 
these new type of technology and have the technology be pushed into other functions. So I believe HR has a really unique role to drive change. But um, having said that, the HR function itself will go through a lot of automation as well and transformation. So for example, one of the things we uh, we hear constantly from our customers is their employees are asking for a more conversational um, way to engage with HR help desk. And it's really up to them to start implementing some of the emerging tech as quickly as possible to meet the, um, the changing expectation from employees. How does all of this affect your product design and your investment decisions as you're thinking about HR products? The kind of mantra we've been using to guide our product design, in the last two years, our leading innovation theme has been make work more human. So we are proactively um, using emerging technology to deliver this humanized work experience so our HR customers can, in turn, um, lead the conversation around superior employee experience and really deliver that value proposition to their employees. So a few things we're doing. One is um, this spring, we launched the, the first purpose-built HR-specific digital assistant. And through this digital assistant, you can use your voice or text to engage with uh, HR help desk and get your basic questions answered, whether it's your benefits or how to access your Pay, paycheck, get your basic expense reports approved, or navigate the employee uh, directory, just you know, basic HR questions. And we're going to continue to evolve the digital assistant to incorporate more HR services. As well, we're going to make the digital assist, uh, assistant smarter over time. So we want the digital assistant to act like your um, personal coaches and personal mentors and really help you navigate through your career path and make recommendations on what learning uh, uh, resources you should consume, as well as how you grow your career in, inside the company. The other thing we're doing is we're embedding uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning in all aspects of our products. So when our employees use our products, they get a very, very hyper-personalized kind of experience. Um, right now, when we talk to customers, they're telling us, employees have this sense of overwhelm um, in, with their digital technology. There's a huge amount of digital overwhelm because there are too many tools and people have to navigate through too many different systems. What we're doing is when um, employees log into our HR system, <clears throat> we only want them to see the tasks, the actions, the business processes that are relevant to them personally. So they can get what they need to, to get done quickly and they can get productive much faster, and they can move on to do more creative and, and, um, and uh, strategic work. What advice can you offer senior level business decision makers who are looking out over this landscape that we've just been talking about? What should they be doing today? Going back to where we started this conversation, with, which is the changing expectation of employees, I think the trend is clear. People want to come to work feeling like they're the same person, <clears throat> whether it's um, from the perspective of connecting with the company's purpose and meaning or using the same type of technology. So I encourage all the business leaders to take a look at what people are using in their day-to-day -day, day -day lives and bring that to work as 
quickly as possible. And this is when it's really important for them to have the, the right technology partner who is proactively investing in emerging technology so they can be prepared for the future of work. The other thing, especially related to AI, is um, they don't have to start with something magical or mythical. Sometimes when people talk about AI, they get scared because it sounds really sophisticated and complicated. It doesn't have to be that way. They can start with some small use cases, whether it's starting rolling out, starting to roll out conversational UI, um, experiment with digital assistant, or use chatbot for their um, candidate experience. The more they can experiment, the earlier they adopt emerging technology, the more um, experience they will have. And more importantly, if the machines need to learn, it takes time for the machines to learn as well. So the sooner they can start with a AI use case, the better off they will be in the long run. Uh, the last um, advice I would have is spend time with young people. Because um, if you spend time with uh, millennials or, or Gen Z, it, technology is such an integral part of their day-to-day uh, -day lives. Um, by talking to them, you can really get a sense of the type of experience they want from work and shape your technology landscape in the company accordingly. I love that. Let's invite a millennial to lunch so we can learn. Yeah, exactly. Emily Ho, thank you so much for taking time with us today. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. <laughs>